0: fur is it? It's like cannibalism. Sometimes, a movie struts its awfulness with such glee that it almost becomes an enjoyable sadistic pleasure rather than a chore to watch. Seeing Jennifer Hudson's snot continue to glisten over her lips, refusing to be wiped away, made me Google, can you lose an Oscar? So, what do all of these reviews from quote-unquote respected reviewers at Rotten Tomatoes have in common? Anyone? Uh, Can I answer? Yes, yes, please. (laughs) They're all for cats. That's right! They pertain to the Andrew Lloyd Webber-inspired musical by the same name, Cats. A play that is often on rotation for all to see on Broadway. It has been a mainstay on the stage for as long as I can remember. Tom Hooper, a director who got his or his humble beginnings from directing TV series such as Quayside, Biker Grove, and EastEnders, and eventually moving to more noticeable directorial roles such as John Adams, The King's Speech, and Les Mis, took on the task of directing a movie that almost nobody asked for. So, let's get into some really quick introductions. Uh, we got Mr. Rich here, the big softy. How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing fantastic. As you know, as a as a New Yorker, um, Cats has always been a part of my culture. Right. And people from New York spend a lot of time going, I'm not even sure I know what Cats is about. That's so crazy that like a
0: New Yorker
1: would not know what Cats is about. I feel like but, that's like how you ha- you have to grow up knowing what that is in order to graduate high school. For as long as I can remember, though, like, Cats has always been on Broadway. Right. And I think they should really just push it onto Sixth Avenue. Just get it out of there. <laughs> just move it on. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And
0: I'm Shay. Um, We're going to be the only two talking about Cats today. Morgan, I don't think he had it in his theater. Uh, I think it had already rotated out, and he also had no interest. And Josh, he was not able to make the time, unfortunately. Um, so it's just going to be rich in me and I think that's going to be good enough. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be a really interesting episode. I, you know, weirdly enough, I found myself being more excited for this than pretty much any other chomping after dark episode we've done. And I don't know what that says about me as a person.
1: That, nor do I. I'm I'm befuddled by the fact that we're doing this, but also like when I when I first joined up and I found out this was something we were going to get to do, I was kind of really excited right? to do it.
0: Right? I was like, man, this is going to be this is going to be a continuation of the feverish dream of watching. Let's do this Sonic in the, the
1: Hedgehog next,
0: <laughs> dude. I'm totally keen for that. I am totally
1: keen for that. I'll, but let's float it around. I think I'm down for that. I
0: think I am too. But. So, Rich, here's what I'm gonna do, and also for you, the listeners, I'm gonna break down important parts of the plot, um, if you can call it that, and we will just kind of <laughs> riff it's off a plot, right? It's kind of, kind of exists. We'll riff off our, we'll riff on our impressions of whatever it is we saw, and kind of use that plot summary to inspire some of the questions that I have for you today. So, um, and it's important to note that prior to seeing this movie. I personally had next to no knowledge myself of what cats was. Um, I Googled the plot of cats before seeing it smart. And I went, that's what cats is about. Right. Yeah, exactly. Cause like, like you, I was like, I've heard about cats, 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 but I have no fucking
1: idea what it's about. So, um, yeah, there's, was, um, I, I think this is a really good reference point. Um, if anyone is familiar with unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, oh, yeah. the Netflix show from Tina Fey, there's a late season plot in that show in which it's revealed that nobody actually knows what the plot to Cats is, so actors just show up and make up characters and just get on stage. I
0: forgot about that. I need to watch that sequence again. That show is so good, but yeah. That's oh, fantastic. Yeah, that's, I mean, that that's literally what it felt like watching the movie, so I mean, that's that's a perfect analogy to what goes on, but all right, so. The movie starts out with a nonsensical musical number introducing the Jellicle Cats, which is a name taken from T.S. Eliot's Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, which I didn't even know that Cats, a musical was based off of a book of like short stories and poems. So that was interesting. Ooh, very loosely. Right. Obviously, yes. So we see Victoria, uh, the main protagonist. Uh, she is abandoned by her owner. Uh, so two Toms, Mr. Mistopheles and Monkestrap, along with some of the other Jellicles, bring her in and tell her of the Jellicle Ball, where one cat is chosen to go to the Heaviside Layer to be granted a new feline life. Now that intro, my God, I was immediately thrust into, what did
1: I just do to myself?
0: to be honest yeah, no, with you
1: strap the fucking <laughs> right i mean
0: like what were your opening impressions when you um when the movie started it,
1: it's very weird but i don't think it was anything i wasn't expecting like again my understanding of cats prior to all of this is like i get the gist of it it's big big performances big musical numbers like the reason it has so much staying power is like a few of the musical numbers are really well regarded And that's pretty much why it's it has the staying power it has had all these years. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. And like as some as someone who loves like I love unabashedly love musicals. I really do.
1: Like so do I. Yeah. Totally. I I mean, I grew up watching
0: Sound of Music, Oklahoma. Um, what is it? Uh, Seven brides, seven brothers, seven brothers, seven brides. Is that what it's called? I believe so. I I always forget the name of that one. Singing in the rain. All those. Like I absolutely Mm -hmm. love musicals, and so that was part of the the excitement for me to actually watch this movie because i do love musicals and i will admit it is a classic right it is yes um but that opening song did absolutely nothing for me and i almost was like oh fuck i should have bought the alcohol i should have <laughs> bought the it, alcohol
1: it really is that one big number that is like the reason this has staying power cuz they are not all fucking toe tappers
0: no no, and like that opening sequence too is like you are kind of. I, I felt like the 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 reason why the opening sequence happened the way it did was it was kind of like a way for them to show off uh, the special effects. It was to show off kind of like how feverishly this movie is going to feel as you're going through mm-hmm. it. it was,
1: I. If anything, Again, I'm still not sure yeah. this movie happened. I think it might be a dream you and I shared. I,
0: I think so. I think so. We were uh, lucid dreaming together. Um, we were mm-hmm. on the same brainwave pattern. Yeah. It, it was a weird opening. I will say that. And uh, it was not my favorite. So... <laughs>
1: didn't immediately sell you no it did not weirdly and i can not. say i was in the same headspace i was already a few drinks deep at this point you were a smarter man than i was because i i was like
0: for the first 15 20 minutes um i was just sitting there going what the fuck and like my like my date kept looking at me and i was and i was just like
1: i don't know like let's yeah, go, I, I, you go <laughs> Big shout-out to my, my friend Austin, who on my birthday the week prior, him and I were having a drink at the bar. I said, hey, dude, you want to go see Cats with me next weekend? And he was like, fuck it, sure. What a good friend. What a good <laughs> friend. I swear, I asked like four or five people before I finally got someone to agree to go to it with me. I mean, the caveat is always like, we're going to drink, right? I'm like, yeah, we're going to drink. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, shout-out to your friend, man. That's a good friend right there.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so next... The viewers are taken through a whirlwind of meeting new cats. We have Jenny Anydots, the indoor cat with an army of mice and roaches, the rum tum tugger, a flirtatious Tom. (laughs) It's my boy. That's right. Bustifer Jones, a rather rotund cat who is proud of his insatiable appetite, Skimbleshanks, the railway cat, Gus, the beyond his prime theater cat, and McCavity, the villainous Tom. So Victoria also, during this time, kind of meets, uh, I'm going to probably butcher their names, I'm sorry, Mungo Jerry and Rumpelteaser.
1: I, I think it is Mungo Jerry.
0: Mungo Jerry, okay. I always, I, I kept looking at that name, I forgot how to even pronounce her name, I was like, I think I first.
1: I, I believe it is
0: pronounced Mungo Jerry. It probably is Mungo Jerry, and I was just, Mungo Jerry.
1: Overthinking it, yeah. yeah.
0: And giving it a little bit more credit than it deserves. And <laughs> r- Rumble Teaser, uh, who are cat burglars, <laughs> that invite her, in <laughs> on, <laughs> who invite her in on the fun. When the three get into trouble, they abandon her, leaving her to get eaten by a dog. Luckily, Mr. Mistopheles, the magician cat, comes to the rescue. They return to the Jellicles, where they witness the arrival of old Deuteronomy. At this point in the
1: movie... me, Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Like, it's almost, again, it lends credit to that Kimmy Schmidt joke yeah. of, like, all the names are so ridiculous that, like, the whole bit is, like, someone just walks on stage and is like, and I am Flanky Fleezer! <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> and I am Schluzer Morgan! And everybody's like, oh, lovely.
0: Yes, this makes perfect sense with the plot. But, at this point in the movie, we have most of the big players. I mean, we're missing a few, but... Were there any but, characters that you particularly enjoyed up to this point? Or were you kind of just. Not
1: like- really. <laughs> and I always say Rumtum Tugger, but that's more of like me just kind of making a. I don't think any of the characters really resonate with me. Like, at this point, you're more like kind of, I guess, a little bit struck at the star power this thing has. Yes. But the sense for me is like, how do they get all these people to agree to do this? Right, exactly. Why is Ian McKellen here? Well, that's
0: yeah. So that's that's a whole separate thing. Like, I I remember because like I I like to watch a lot a lot of like late night bits because I like to watch a lot of the games that they play with each other or like there's certain actors or musicians that they get on the show um, that I like to watch interviews on, and so I find myself from time to time watching James Corden's late night show, and. So, obviously, he was promoting this thing hard. He was actually, like, one of the first names lift, listed on this, uh, this movie, so I have a feeling he had a big hand in getting some of the people on board with this movie. But, like, yeah, I was super surprised Ian McKellen, of all people, was involved in it. And, actually, he's—we'll um, get into it a little bit later, but he's one of the few characters I actually really enjoyed in the film.
1: I would say his character is one of the ones that's written a little bit less ridiculously, and that uh, there's probably some credit due there. And you know what? Ian McKellen is a big stage actor. Like, I'd imagine, like, cats, there's some sort of love there for him as somebody who, you know, has been so immersed in theater for all of his life. Right, right. Like, yeah,
0: like, honestly, if. If I saw like I think this movie would have been way 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 more awesome if they just inserted some random cat also played by Patrick Stewart and they got to do a bit together that would have been amazing because they're both two obviously very good friends in real life they're two prolific stage actors that would have yeah. just been amazing but wishful thinking though. would have been
1: interesting to see for sure yeah
0: but yeah I I can't tell I can't tell you man like seeing Jenny Anydots played by Rebel Wilson it was. I uh, didn't do anything for me Rumtum Tugger was amusing but didn't really do much for me uh yeah. Skimble Shanks
1: was like an afterthought uh and a lot of these like there's a lot of characters to the point that uh, m- most kind of get brushed up under the rug there's a lot going on at any given moment
0: right right and it was I mean like this is trying to give it more of like plot credence than we probably should but um, it's about cats deciding which cat gets to go to heaven right exactly exactly and there's there's not a lot of uh substantiality in that but we're doing the easy stuff first because we're going to get to the ridiculous stuff later we're just outlining this plot that way you guys kind of have some semblance of an idea of when we're actually going in on this movie And important fun. note there we are not at the ridiculous stuff yet yeah we're not we're not we're not, we're like, like I'm even brushing over some of it because I was like, ah, this is because it's inconsequential. Right, exactly. So next, the Jellicle ball starts in an abandoned theater and an Egyptian theater. <laughs> yeah, but it is like it, So it's interrupted by one of the female cats, Cassandra. Uh, harassing Grizabella, a former Jellicle who was banished for her alliance with Macavity who promised her the Jellicle choice. Victoria feels a sort of relatability with Grisabella. And if you forgot who Victoria is, that's the main protagonist. Um, As they were both abandoned. It'd be very easy to forget. Right, it is. Old Deuteronomy sees the exchange between the two and reassures Victoria that she can become a Jellicle with time. So, next, the ball is interrupted shortly after that sequence by... Ba- bomb ballerina, <laughs> that fucking name.
1: I think I do a bomb ballerina Bom- or maybe- bomb ballerina. Ba- yeah, it's probably bomb. Yeah, ballerina. I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Fuck, these fucking names, dude. I'm like I'm like Morgan <laughs> trying to pronounce these names right now.
1: I'm skinny mo matinky dad, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's somehow a better name. Who is a henchman or woman,
1: rather, uh who sings? Hench person. <laughs>
0: Who sings a song as a distraction in order to deploy catnip? McCavity arrives and demands to be made the jellicle choice, to which Old Deuter refuses. That's her new name from here on out. Old Deuter.
1: It just makes it easy. Yeah, right. You don't. You don't like saying Deuteronomy. Yeah, Deuter. Old Deuter. Deuteronomy it sounds like the study of being a bro. Yeah, it kind of does. So I, I studied Deuteronomy at Brown.
0: <laughs> uh dude totally at Brown University. I was doing I was I was in my uh, fucking uh beer pong class and just fucking just slaying in there, bro. Fucking slaying.
1: <laughs> you know, I got a uh, I took advanced uh, uh took advanced slam and puss.
0: Oh Jesus. Yeah, that joke had to happen. That was fun. Yeah, oh, fucking shit. <laughs> all right. She is ki- she is kidnapped and brought to the location that all the other candidates who have been kidnapped reside. Yes, during this time, you've actually we've actually seen as viewers each one of those candidates uh slowly be kidnapped. Victoria Because he
1: can just, like, teleport, right? Yes, he just just teleports.
0: Yeah, he's the only one. He's just
1: magic? Yeah,
0: just out of nowhere. That's one of the two magical sequences is he just magically teleports on top of that. I I totally glazed over that fact. I forgot about that. Yeah, he just magically teleports these people out of there. He's a magician. (laughs) Apparently, yeah. So, Victoria recommends that Mr. Mistopheles, the magician cat, uses his magic to bring back old Duder. After a couple of failed tries and a very, very powerful music number, he manages to bring her back. The Jellicles rejoice. The other captured cats break free. And McCavity disappears. So, at this point in the movie, this is where we are going to start talking about the ridiculousness even more so. How fucking ridiculous was it that all Jenny Any Dots needed to do was to unzip her fur to change into another costume to escape from the cavity.
1: Yeah, I mean, and my understanding of this, because I did some research on it, was that like that's supposed to be a big moment in the Broadway play because like that's a big number and it's more about the costume change but it just feels like a weak plot device. Dude, it was so weak because like
0: you think about it and it's like she, so
1: the first cat she's the first cat who gets captured
0: right she is the very first cat that gets whisked away by McCavity and then brought to this dock area um, where all the other cats eventually get held captive. End up, yeah, and. The whole time you're thinking, she could have done this costume change the entire movie. But she waited Here's my
1: argument. She She forgot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She was too busy worrying about her mice and her cockroach army.
1: Yeah. yeah, Well, why didn't she call them to help? Right. Uh, All I... Like, really, the justification I do at the end, and you're right, it is ridiculous but i feel like it's just a waste of time to look for like logical like any logic in this
0: right right and that's and that's the thing that hopefully by the end of this y'all will appreciate and realize that there's no logic in any of this so but yeah i just was like i i remember i remember that sequence happening so vividly where she just unzips into her costume and i was like what the fuck? I think I, I whispered that kind of loudly in the theater. And, and I was like, oh, sh-. thankfully nobody. And the
1: elderly couple next to me was like, no, no, you're right. Yeah. Which,
0: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're Japanese, but they're like, oh, hi, hi, hi. Like, yeah, you got it. Like, what, yeah, no. <laughs> I understood. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, but. So, anyways, Gris- Grisabella returns and Victoria protects her, asking her to sing for the Jellico Cats. She obliges and reveals that what's in her heart, um, all the pain and anguish she's felt, touches the Jellicles. Old Duder chooses Grisabella as the Jellicle choice, and she is sent off to the Heaviside Layer via a hot air balloon made out of a chandelier. McCavity because cats, yeah, because cats. McCavity tries one last time. To go to the heaviside layer by grabbing onto a rope, dangling from the hot air balloon. But he falls off. And is trapped on a statue. Even though he can magically appear and disappear, he is somehow trapped on this statue.
1: Well, I like to imagine he's like nightcrawler, like he has to be able to see where he's teleporting. Ah, okay. That might be true. Maybe, maybe. That's the that's the suspension
0: of disbelief there. So the Jellicles watch Grisabella fly off into the morning sun. and old Duder names Victoria a Jellicle cat. And that's the end. Yeah. So was that ending an acceptable payoff for having to sit through
1: the movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just fuck no. <laughs> it was very much, a, that's it? That's the end of the fucking
0: movie? <laughs> Uh, you know, I had the opposite reaction because, like, th- there's a point, like, if no one's seen who's listening, and I imagine the people who are listening actually watch the movie just so they could listen to this.
1: I like to imagine the part- they have it.
0: Okay, let's pretend they have not yeah. So when they're sitting there watching, Vic- uh, not Victoria, um, Grisabella go off into the sunrise, um, they're, like, sitting on the statue, and they're all watching Old Duder, and she's, like, looking at the camera, breaking the fourth wall, which I can see that in a in a theater play that's so a that, very uh, that part
1: was addressing the audience like it's a, it's a monologue at that point it's a theater right. thing yeah
0: right and actually so i did theater in high school and i always like there's this. I was also a theater that, nerd i'm with you yeah good so, so there's this one part in this one play i did where actually um like i played this mentally handicapped person but there's a point in the play where um and it was a black box theater which is like a much smaller uh setting and i remember You know, there's this point where the audience gets to go into my consciousness and I speak like a normal person and I address the audience and the breaking the fourth wall, if it's done right, can always be powerful. So like this, the end sequence, when she's singing to the camera, like it was cool. But at the same time, it's like she's singing and she's saying this kind of like, quote unquote, profundity, which is profound for the Cats universe, but not really any other universe. <laughs> so she's saying this, and then they kind of like, it seems like the song's gonna end. And then she goes back and then looks at the camera again, I should be looking at you, and starts talking again and singing again, and then go, bring, breaks back out, and then like they kind of, seems like it's swelling, it's about to end. And then she looks at the camera, and this happens like four or five times, and you're like is the
1: movie ending? And, and is also the movie-? like I feel like that particular brand of fourth wall breaking is harder to do in a film than in theater. Right. It just doesn't translate. Well, I I Mm. don't know that this entire thing is suited well for film. Right. Right. And I like the fact,
0: here's the thing. I will say that it was a brave attempt to try and adapt it to film, but I think when people heard they're, they're adapting this to a movie, I, I think ni- 90% of people were like, how? And then the other 10% were like, dude, I fucking love cats. I don't care. I want to see it, you know? Obviously. And then
1: I think an even more swelling amount of people were like, I don't know what the fuck cats is about. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But so, the, the point is, this is really just testing the water so we can do Starlight Express, right? Because <laughs> trains be fucking. A movie about trains competing to fuck.
0: <laughs> oh, man back at uh old brown university man i remember taking this uh this one elective about trains slamming each other man <laughs>
1: fucking i was trying to go with like a clever name for what that course would be but i couldn't. I don't know what trains
0: be fucking is the, like, the name of the course
1: oh it was trains be fucking <laughs> going to be like the uh i don't know the something with choo choo in it <laughs>
0: uh, the con- uh, what was it? the conductor con uh elements of con i got nothing i got uh, that's we we don't have the brain power right now. There's we're a joke in, here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, if you think of it, please uh, email us at swordchomp at gmail dot com. But <laughs> all right. So there are a few key points here that I do want to discuss together, because obviously this movie is ridiculous. We haven't even delved into it. Um, and there's there's a reason why this movie is getting overwhelmingly and rightfully poor reviews, um, even though I kind of like the movie it rightfully got a lot of poor reviews. So first off, and I think this is the most important part. I think this is where it got a lot of bad publicity was the fucking special effects. At that's times, jarring. at times they're serviceable and they almost border on good. I, I mean, that's how I felt. But other times it seems as if they used an engine from the late nineties, <coughs> they had an issue I actually read about this the other day where some of the cast members hands were showing actually old Deuteronomy's hands were showing and they had to roll out an updated version with the hands being turned into cats got a
1: day one patch.
0: It did. And you know, what's funny, rich, they didn't patch it in Japan. So old Deuteronomy's hands were human. I got to see, I got to see your hands. And I was like, did they miss that in post-production? And I researched it and they sure as fuck did. But my question to you is, how does a movie with, and I said $20 million before the podcast. I'm sorry, it was $100 million. How did a movie with a $100 million budget release with this poor of special effects?
1: Because I think more of the budget was going to that star-studded cast than people think. Um, not to say the special effects were clearly very expensive. And <laughs> I i saw the patched version. Oh, They downloaded it in the theater when I sat down. It took like four hours. Um <laughs> Yeah, like, God damn, but, this is PlayStation. I watched the, I watched the guy like go in, he had to delete Call of Duty. Uh, <laughs> but he got it downloaded. And um Anyway, that was a bad joke. <laughs> he had a, no, no,
0: no, you're right. He I, I, I imagine him taking Red Dead 2 off. Oh, I'm never gonna finish this game. I'm never,
1: yeah, I'm done with this. Let's let's be real. Uh, yep. I'm never gonna get all those legendary pelts. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh like my problem was less so with the overall quality of it, and like it is iffy in spots. But I'm like, I just don't know why they made it look like this. I don't like the look of it at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, dude, it was interesting. Like, I liked, I liked actually, I loved McCavity's original costume before he took all his clothes off. I thought that was awesome. Like, because it it's seemed a better like, look. Well, it was good because they weren't doing the deep fake look like they were doing with all the other cats. Like he, ha- he clearly had makeup on during that portion and he was wearing a costume and I really liked that. And I wish that's what they went with throughout the whole movie because there, at-, at times that deep fake look actually looks fairly decent, Did but we most learned nothing
1: it- from the star Wars prequels,
0: <laughs> nothing at all. But most of the time the deep fake look just looks fucking jarring off the the proportions looked fucking
1: terrible. It's it's an uncanny valley sort of thing. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, gotcha. it just it was appalling or like during the and I I remember this so vividly too during the Jenny Any dots uh portion where the mice are dancing and the roaches are dancing. And there's this part where a few of the mice drop down and then they're running off. And I was like, this looks like it came from honey. I shrunk the kids. <laughs> like it was that level
1: of special effects, dude. It was bad. Yeah, it's not great in spots.
0: No, it's not. And like, like you're saying, I understand that like Ian McKellen is in the movie. Um, oh, how am I forgetting her name? Elba, um oh, Salba. Um, what's her name? Helen Mirren. Helen no, Mirren. not Helen yeah. Mirren. Was it Helen?
1: Is it- not? Is it not Helen Mirren? I'm gonna look up the cast while we. I always mix up uh, Judy Dench. It's Judy. Dame Dench. Judy Dench. Yeah, we talked about this the yes. other day too. How am yes. I fucking that up?
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, I always mix up. I don't know how. I always mix uh, up Judy I mean, Dench and Helen Mirren.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's a weird one to mix up, but all right, it's forgivable. <laughs> yeah, you got you, you got Dame <laughs> Judy Dench. You got uh, Rebel Wilson, Taylor Swift, Idris Elba. Yeah, Sir Ian McKellen. jason
0: derulo was pulling bank in this movie apparently
1: you got star power man
0: you do you do you really do there are a lot of big names in here i imagine a lot of the money went to ian mckellen taylor swift judy dench and um i don't know i don't know if james corden can really command that kind of money i know jason derulo isn't um jason derulo (laughs) obligatory But yeah, just like this, with how much they spent budget wise on the movie, it just was like reading that and then looking, reflecting on the special effects. I was like, there's no fucking way they spent a hundred million, but apparently they did.
1: You guys made this in unity.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Dude, it's it's preposterous, but.
1: But this is our big announcement. Uh, Shay and I are going to be remaking Cats in Dreams. That's right. Uh,
0: (laughs) We're going to do it all for like via drawing and dreams. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to alternate between the two, like Pink Floyd's The Wall movie. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly how it's going to go.
1: But We're really going for more of a Final Cut vibe. But <laughs> Oh, okay. That's fair. I, I can. Well, we'll talk about it after the yeah, show. Yeah.
0: But they did have a lot of big-name actresses and actors in the movie, and I think that most of them did a good to a great job with what they were given to do.
1: Yeah, I um, think as far as performances go, it's like they were working with the material provided.
0: Right, exactly. And I thought that the the three best, in my opinion, were Ian McKellen, Jennifer Hudson, and Taylor Swift. Um, uh, I also think
1: they had the strongest numbers to work with, I would they say. Did.
0: They did. Um, I also really liked Francesca Hayward, um, who mm-hmm. was – this was her first movie ever, unfortunately, for her. But like she was, she was, did a fantastic job of conveying emotion – was saying little words her dancing was great her singing all of it was great
1: mm-hmm. but um i know, mean she's other... a stage actress right this is her first right. major yes. motion picture but right
0: exactly exactly. Yeah. exactly um others such as like james corden and rebel wilson they weren't necessarily bad but it was kind of just the same one note shtick that we've come to see to from expect them, from, from them yeah right exactly how did you feel about, like, the overall acting performance?
1: I don't think anyone was doing a, a bad job. Like, I, the the talent of the actors and their performances, I don't think, are anything I'm taking issue with. It's all, like, for what the material is, in, in my—and this is just my personal opinion, I don't think the material is that great to begin with. Uh, I think there are some really solid musical numbers, and like you said, we saw some of the best performances like that from Ian McKellen and Taylor Swift because of the numbers they were given. Um, but I think everyone was doing a more than serviceable job with the material they were provided. Yeah,
0: I think so. And I think that because of the fact that it had such a large cast with a wide array of different characters, that they the little time that each one of these actors and actresses had on screen, they had to flex their chops, you know? Totally. Uh, and so I think that, that kind of lent itself to them having all decently strong performances. And this is weird that I'm, I'm actually... I feel weird analyzing this on this level because I feel it's like... It's a weird
1: thing to analyze. It's a, it's weird that we're doing this. It's weird, yeah, and I've, I love it. I love it, but yeah. I want to do more of this. <laughs> I do kind
0: of actually, yeah. But no, I will admit that like a lot of the acting performances were really strong. And I do think it in large is due to the fact that there's such a huge cast of people that, you know, there, some some characters are on screen for such a short amount of time. And I think that, you know, they, they bring it, you know? Totally. And I, I like that. I like that a lot, that we don't get too much of one character. Um, You mentioned this earlier, the musical numbers were... Very, very obviously they're such a driving force in this musical, as is the case with most musicals, but they were by far my favorite part of the movie, obviously. In general, like you, I like musicals too, and a lot of the songs were strange as fuck. Very but much they so.
1: Still, they were still in between <coughs> so, um, I, I think it, it's a musical that very much, its plot is bare bones and is more like just the bridge you need to keep the numbers coming.
0: Right. Right. I think yeah, it's kind of like a vessel to go from song to song.
1: 100%. Yeah. Um I would not watch the non-musical
0: version of Cats. <laughs> no. No, that would be a 5 minute that'd be a 5 minute play to be honest with
1: you. It would be a what the fuck was that?
0: <laughs> yep, pretty much. But despite not knowing a lot of what was going on, I still enjoyed listening to the songs was the music enjoyable or did it just add to the fever dream of the movie for you?
1: I think the music was definitely enjoyable. I mean, it's Andrew Webber; They're great numbers. I don't think anyone's right. going to dispute that. They're not all winners. I think that opening sequence is pretty weak. We, we talked about that earlier. Um, and again, I mentioned this earlier, th- some of those numbers are so good. That's why cats has had the staying power. It's had as a play all these years.
0: Right? Absolutely. And like a lot of the, like you said, a lot of those musicals or those songs are weird um, and peculiar. But yeah, it like the the grandiosity of what they were trying to convey, uh, with the special effects and the setting and whatnot, lent itself to the musical numbers, and it almost translated into film. It almost did. Almost. Like it was, it so was close. getting there. It it was
1: like, and I want to give it credit for that because like. The uh, and this is not easy to translate to film. This is having, no, someone who's never seen the play, but like reading like plot summaries of the play and stuff before going to see this. I was thinking, I don't know how they're going to do this.
0: I'd like it would be like it'd be like them trying to take the book Fight Club and turning it into a musical <laughs> and putting that on the stage. Oh, just on. like I got
1: to write that down. <laughs> Fight Club musical. His name
0: is Robert Paulson.
1: <laughs> oh, I have to go. Idea. Fight Club musical. Don't tell Shay.
0: <laughs> First two rules. Um, but I I loved the uh, the abandoned theater setting. I think that was awesome. And one thing that I do want to mention, this was actually a part of the movie I loved unabashedly, was uh, Beautiful Ghosts. The song that Taylor uh, Swift and Lloyd uh, Webber actually wrote for this movie Mm -hmm. was the part of the movie, the only part, that I felt completely invested in. Like, I was actually like, the rest of the movie, you're kind of like, you're flitting in and out of various moments of what the fuck, but that, that particular uh musical number in that scene, that sequence, I was like actually kind of moved I, by it.
1: I um I didn't actually realize that until after I saw the movie and I looked it up that that was a new number. Right. Um and it definitely feels the most modern. It does.
0: You can tell. You can definitely tell. And I think that was a It's it's hard because like the rest like you take that mu- that song and you kind of pull it away and for the movie it works. And it doesn't feel completely disjointed, but it kind of does at the same time, because like you said, it definitely feels like a more modern number. And I, it's not fucking zany and crazy. It's an actual part of the movie where there's a level of pure clarity of what the hell is going on. And
1: And it was written for the movie, which I think like, again, it, it takes a lot more into its medium into account and it shows.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was, Overall, even though it doesn't completely like sync up with the rest of the tone of the movie, I think it was a great addition. I I loved I actually loved that song and I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan at all, but um I thought that song was brilliant and I think that was the best part of the entire movie out of everything. That <laughs> whole sequence. I
1: I think I actually do totally agree with you on that. And I don't I don't even think you have to uh be a huge taylor swift fan to like say like th- that girl's fucking talented she, she is. really is and she stretched her chops here and, and like that like excellent fucking job
0: yeah yeah absolutely um I, I you know i'm not like you said i'm not a big fan of her music but i respect what she does she writes her own original music you should watch that uh what?
1: that netflix documentary about uh, okay. taylor swift it's pretty good all right all right i, I mean this look
0: After watching this movie, it has me. I'm I'm down to watch anything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll fucking I'll watch literally anything, Uh, except I will not watch a Serbian film ever again. And there's uh, a story there. And I will recommend anyone who is like a Serbian film. What's that? I highly, 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 highly recommend you don't ever look up what that movie is about and just trust me. And I know you're thinking, well, now I'm definitely going to look it up. Yeah, I'm telling you, don't trust me. (laughs) Don't look it up. You know I'm going to do it. Are you? Okay. Well, I'm telling you, it's the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's the only movie that I
1: almost vomited from. So. I'm not going to watch it, but I do want to get a plot synopsis.
0: Okay, well, you have fun with that, and uh, we're not doing a chomping after dark of that movie, because... uh,
1: Until next week.
0: (laughs) Until until tomorrow, the day after Valentine's Day, where it's acceptable. But no, like, after watching this movie, I, I will admit, I'm a little bit more interested in Taylor Swift, because she did such a phenomenal job in this movie. Like, her acting was great, her musical number was great, her writing of that original song was great. Had a lot more respect for her after watching this movie so um i you know i don't know if there's anything really else to touch on like because this movie covered the
1: important bits yeah
0: we did like i'm gonna i'm gonna open the floor to you um at this point you can mention anything ask any questions you want if there's every if we've left no stone unturned just what is your overall impressions of this movie
1: um I, I don't really think there's anything big to really touch on that we haven't already. Uh, overall impressions, you can skip Cats. Look up that Taylor Swift musical number when this thing comes out. It's worth watching. Um, I think they really tried their best with this, but I I just don't know that this can be adapted to film in a way that works. I just don't think it can be, nor do I think it needs to be.
0: Right. Right. And it's it's unfortunate because you look at musicals like The Sound of Music in Oklahoma, which have been very successfully adapted to film. But also Um,
1: both of those, their plots are way more coherent and way more focused. They tell a they tell a clear story.
0: Right. And I think that's kind of the point that we're trying to make. And I think this is kind of the issue a lot of people had is like you go to see cats at a Broadway, not because you're looking for in-depth philosophical story. You're going because of the bombastic costumes and the musical numbers and just the absurdity of it all. And that's what you're going when you're going to see it uh, this production on a theater. On because a it's
1: grandma's day and we do what grandma wants. You're goddamn
0: right. I mean, we might even pull the plastic off the Morgan's bed for grandma. If
1: um, if f- you do want that quote though, uh, my grandmother went to see cats and I asked her what she thought. And she <laughs> said that was the stupidest shit she'd ever seen in her life. <laughs> I love your grandma.
0: I don't even know her name and I love your grandma. But I mean, I think I'm going to mostly agree with you. I, because I, I will always have a soft spot spot in my heart for most musicals, um, I think I was a little bit more generous on this than most people because I really – I did enjoy the songs. I did enjoy what they were trying to do. There's to value degree. there. There is, but it just – the special effects constantly took me out of the film. They were a distraction. You, they were a distraction. The, whatever the fuck the, the plot line was going for was – just does not translate, like like you said, does not translate to film at all. But I respect the fact that they tried, and if anything, this made me want to go see a Broadway production of this. So this was like a gateway to saying, like, go see this on Broadway, um, which is not what they were going for, but that's inevitably what it did for me. Shay, if you ever find yourself in New York, we'll go see Cats. Dude, I would fucking love to do that. I would love to go see Cats with you on Broadway. I've never been to Broadway, and I would love to go.
1: So. That almost makes me not want to take you to see Cats because, like, if it were your first time on Broadway, I'd be like, "There's way better plays. Like, let's go Man. see Aladdin."
0: Dude, I like the thing is like I'm I'm kind of afraid to go to New York to be honest with you because like it's I feel scary. like, well, not that, well, not that. <laughs> I mean, like Kevin McAllister debunked all that, but. I am I'm, I'm afraid that like I would go on to Broadway and I would be I would suddenly be like 16 having theater dreams again of like I'm going to join and like <laughs> I'm just going to live my life out here as a stagehand for the rest of my life. I mean, hey, follow your dream Shay <laughs> I'm going to quit the I'm going to quit Chomp. I'm going to be gonna a I'm going to
1: quit
0: hand. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking done. And all but like man like plays are so much fun and um yeah I feel like I feel like our overall opinions of this overall even though we have even though I think I like this a little bit more than most people <coughs> mm. that definitely 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 don't go see this in the theaters no <laughs> uh, don't
1: I don't know that you can anymore it was hard for me I had to I had to go to Alamo Draft House, which I'm sure geez. is just showing it ironically
0: right exactly don't I you know, I don't even know if I can say buy this on film. Um I would say if you can, find
1: it at a red box and Yeah, my main thing would be if it comes out and you'd rent it on Amazon for three ninety nine and you're having some friends over and you guys are having some drinks, be like yep. fuck it, let's watch cats as a goof. Right, or eat an edible, whatever <laughs> if it's illegal in
0: your state, eat an edible and just have fun. But even um, if it's illegal, who am I to judge you? Right, exactly. You make your own life choices. But at the end of the day just go see it on the stage, not in film, but yeah. if you want to watch like us, I'm sure there's someone on YouTube who does like a sum up of it. Just watch a few of the, the high points that we mentioned. And I think, I think you're good there. Totally. Right. Uh, yeah. I can't think of it. Is there anything else we forgot to mention? No, I think we pretty much got it. I think so. I think so. So if if you guys like this uh, episode, (laughs) please let us know when we drop it um, in Patreon. If you want to see other episodes like this, where we break down uh, movies like this, like for example, Rich suggested uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, which I'm very very excited to see that movie. um, Just let us know. I mean, like I see in about
1: 45 minutes. Are you really? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh fuck yeah! Well then, let's get out of here, man. But yeah, if you guys want to see this or see more. Content like this, please let us know um, and we'll drop it. But uh, Rich, I want to thank you for being here and talking about whatever the fuck this was. And, yeah, um, it's been an experience. It, it, it was something. It was something. And uh, thank you to you, the listener, who continue to support this content to allow us to make a podcast episode about cats. <laughs> so, with that, um, we're going to take care or take off, and uh, you take care.